I'm feeling pretty good about my side of this Joe Flacco local legend argument right now. I'm telling you. I got people calling in, mentioning we did this with Jamal uh, Lewis. He was a Raven who came here. Uh, Robert, which Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Robert tweets in, for the record, if we picked up Ben Roethlisberger and he took us to the Super Bowl, I would still buy a Roethlisberger jersey, but a brown, but a brown and orange one. Well, yeah, I assumed you'd buy that. I'm not buying a Flacco Ravens jersey. I'm talking about a Flacco Browns jersey. That's the whole point. Just because you have supporters along with your wrong takes doesn't make you any right. No, that's the whole that's the whole thing. Skip Bayless only only follows he only he doesn't follow anybody. He's got zero follows because he just wants his tweet his Twitter to be uh, his Twitter. <laughs> Sound like an old man. His Twitter to be an echo chamber. Where it's just his takes and everybody agrees. Uh, let's see. What else did I get? Another Robert on Twitter. He says he's pretty close to effing owning the city right now. How many years, really, decades since having such a cool head at quarterback thought so? Uh, that guy in Cleveland, he's been tweeting a bunch tonight. He says it might be enough for me. It would take him winning the Super Bowl For him to be a local legend. Thank you, that guy. For being that guy. (laughs) Uh, The land is the place to be on Twitter. A-Dog27. He says, possibly, I think it all depends on how it ends. I don't know. I Listen, this city's been hungry for a quarterback like this. Calm, cool, collected, taking him to the playoffs. Who have they? Why are you you looking at me like that? Who have they had like that? You get All to, these years. You said they haven't had a quarterback like this. And we signed Deshaun. We traded for Deshaun Watson and had Baker Mayfield. He's 38, man. What is that? I don't, I don't understand what that I, matters. No, no. You're, you're making it seem like we got like this 25-year-old up-and-coming no. guy. No, no, no. I just had. meant somebody who is like going he's, out there and winning football. He's like Jeff Garcia. But better. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Chris Manning joining us now. Chris, if Joe Flacco takes the Browns to the playoffs, is he like a local legend? And by local legend, I mean like uh, are people just rocking Joe Flacco jerseys randomly around town? Is it one of those jerseys like seven years from now you see at the Browns stadium? I say yes. Yes, but I would advise people that are going to do that, Spencer, to just maybe like spend their money on something else. (laughs) That, that's hundred. That's like over a hundred dollars that you could you could do you could put into a high yield savings. You could buy something more functional. Like you're gonna regret. That's one of those purchases that I get why it's fun in the moment, but you are gonna regret that in six months. Well, so my my I have a rule with jerseys. Um, I okay. I, I this all stems from when I was covering the Buffalo Bills. I thought one of the cringiest things was at training camp, you get these like lines of grown ass adults who are trying to get autographs from, for, from players and, and like they're wearing the player's Jersey. It's like EJ Manuel jerseys in the stands, like Sammy Watkins. And I was like, this is just all very weird to me. And so I, at that moment, in that moment, I came up with a rule that I was like, I will never wear a Jersey of somebody who's younger than me. Like that's just kind of cringy and weird. So I can't do it. So for me, like a, like a LeBron jersey will always work. LeBron will I'll always be younger than LeBron, and that's like the person I grew up watching in the NBA, so I can always wear a LeBron jersey. Um, and Flacco's the same sort of way, where it's like that's a jersey that if I'm going to a Browns game, 
I can throw it on forever, and I can think back to that great 2023 memories of him taking the Browns to the playoffs while I wear my Joe Flacco jersey. I think you just got to, like, be open to different avenues of happiness, Spencer. Like, <laughs> like I gave you a real deep dive into my subconscious right now. Is well, I and then one day your, kid, your, your child is going to be like, Dad, who? Wh- why do? You, who is Flacco? And you're going to be like, he was here for a couple weeks. We made the playoffs. <laughs> we maybe lost right oh, away. Oh, son, let me tell you. And uh, I wait. I I could have I could have done something better with that money, and I didn't listen to my friend Chris when he was on the radio, and so I bought a Joe Flacco jersey. <laughs> well, the idea is that it would be a Christmas gift, so I don't have to spend my own money well, on it. But... Oh my God, Spencer, oh, <laughs> we could do better. We could do better. <laughs> We can do better. We will do better. Let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers again. Catching up with my good friend, Chris Manning, one half of the Locked On Cavs podcast. Um, also writes for SB Nation, Cleveland Magazine. Uh, Chris, just a a disappointing day. For, I, I don't know what it is with injuries and uh, Cleveland athletes this year, but uh, it's just nonstop between the Browns and the Cavs now. But Evan Mobley out for eight weeks as he has arthroscopic knee surgery uh, the the jaw for Darius Garland, he's going to be out for an extended period of time. I guess what level of expectations should fans now have for this season with these two longer-term injuries sort of throwing a wrench into things to two key players? I think, Spencer, that just changes the season. And if you feel apathy, I've talked to some friends who are feeling apathy right now. If you're checking out a little bit more now, I would understand that. Um Darius Garland and Mobley being out for weeks, and you know when you say several weeks, that you know that could mean a couple of things. And a broken jaw doesn't sound good. And then Mobley having knee surgery—that's two months. That's post-trade deadline in all likelihood. This this feels like something that could change the season, and not for the better. Um, I I think this feels like a time we're going to learn a lot about the resiliency of this group, what the what the goals are, what what they can still accomplish. I think. It's going to be a really hard stretch. I think that that's just obvious. I, I don't have the highest expectations of about what they can sustain without Garland, without Mobley for a long stretch of time. Um, but it's it's one of this is one of those days when you get these injuries and you, you they break right after each other, like thirty minutes within each other, whatever it was. It, it, this can absolutely change the course of the season for the worst. That's what it feels like to me. There's a couple angles we can kind of attack just about what lies ahead for this team, not even from like an on-the-court standpoint. But I, I want to start with the JB part of this because on one hand, I, it's not necessarily fair to evaluate JB to this point given that I think it's like 11 games he's had, all five of his starters. So that's less than half of the games they've obviously played this season. So yeah, like on one hand, how can we fully evaluate him with this roster that was supposed to be built to to do some 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 deep playoff make a deep playoff run and do some big things and accomplish some big things but on the flip side of that there are some signs that maybe his message isn't getting through anymore I mean the slow start last night was bad his rotations get a little wonky sometimes guys are in and out and fall out of favor randomly it seems his in-game management has been an issue at times so at this point like what is a fair assessment of of JB Bickerstaff at this point in the season in terms of his future I think it puts him, unfortunately, in a position where he can be the fall guy. I um, I empathize with him, yeah, because this isn't like anything he could control. The injuries 
whatever just feels off with this team this year. Some of that, like, certainly he, there's culpability for him, right? Like, there, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's not the case because he's the coach. And ultimately, like, the buck stops him. He would tell you the same thing. He understands this business. But I think it's a really tricky position when you're him and you're this team and you're navigating what's going on here and you're navigating everything happening and you're, like the coach the coach being the one that you might want to get rid of like I get it I think this could depend on he I know there's a lot of money there that's part of it still but this is someone who like if if anyone's going to ultimately be the fall guy in the in the shortest amount of time like unfortunately is it not him like that and that's not fair to him but he absolutely could just be the fall guy in a way that that someone just has yeah. to be the fall guy. So do you think it ultimately does cost him his job? And when do you think that would come about? Would that be like a mid-season thing? Or do you think they would actually wait till the end of the season? I think I could see the end of the season just because I don't. Like, tell me who, tell me what the right upgrade is right now. That That's part of this to me, yeah. Spencer. Because you can look at... There's no Ty Lue in waiting this time around, you know? Right, like they, they, and, and I mean, or in his case, he was the John Bayline in waiting, John, John the, the, the James Blair Bickerstaff in waiting to John Bayline. Like, let us not forget that yeah. part of it, right? That he was the, the, the head coach in waiting in there as well. So, like, it, it's not an easy spot um, for him. It's not a fair spot for him in, in any way. Um, you know, I tend to think that you could get to the summer and just do it then and it's cleaner and you have the right candidate. Cause I just, I don't think Luke Walton or Greg Buckner or any of the names you could sell me on based on who's available are really exactly what I'm looking for. If I'm the Cavs right now, I I'd want something different. I'd want something, someone who's not been in the system that that is where my mind goes. And I, I think that's how you should do it. Uh, I don't think changing for the sake of change right now is really the greatest idea. At CWM writes on Twitter, Chris Manning joining us on the hotline. He's one half of the Locked On Cast podcast. Cleveland Magazine, SB Nation covers the Cavaliers. Um, the other part I think that's a, an important thing to ask in terms of, the, of, of just the future of this franchise and the direction they'll go is just in relation to Donovan Mitchell specifically. You, you mentioned Mobley's injury in particular likely won't be coming back until after that trade deadline on February 8th. Does do these injuries change anything in terms of the way the the way that the franchise will view Donovan Mitchell? You think, in maybe considering trading him because you built this thing for him and around him, and now that it's kind of derailed the season and you don't know if you're going to get a commitment from him to return beyond next year, what's the math look like on that? You think? I think it could. I'm not saying I 100 percent am sure that it will or that I know that. I'm I'm not going to sit here and. and tell you that what I do think is that it's not impossible that this changes it that it's not impossible that this changes what is going on in the mind of the franchise right now I mean how could it not if this team loses and you lose this runway to explain what is going on with the team to Mitchell and sell him on what you're doing like there's some cost lost to that right like there just unfortunately is um I don't know, like, the, the, the mechanics of in-season trades are a little tricky. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're, like, the easiest thing to figure out. What I do think is you, you owe it to yourself, too, if he's going to 
look at leaving and signals this to you, like maybe you have to look at it. And I also, Spencer, just don't think he's blameless in some of the things that have not gone wrong right for this team this year. I, I'm of the mind with him that I think there's a good amount of there's a good amount of stuff that is on him to some degree, and and some of his worst characteristics haven't always helped the team progress in the way you might like. That that's my opinion, but I, I think Mitchell deserves some fault in what hasn't worked this year. What are some of those things that you think he uh, has maybe hurt the Cavs in terms of his game or just stylistically what, what, what the problems maybe be, might be with him? I think him is a lack of a – he's not a great creator for others. He's a great player. Yeah, He's a fantastic player. You can't take that away from him. But this isn't someone who you look at and say, oh, this is one of the best creators for others we have in the NBA. This is someone who – is going to make empower everyone in a significant way around him. That's not how he plays. He can be a little hero ball. He can be a little one note. He doesn't have the playmaking skill of like a Devin Booker at his position. Um, that that has that can be limiting at times. There's just no way around the fact that it 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 isn't. That to me is a, is a problem. Um, I think you look at sometimes defensively. He's really lacking. He's not the biggest guy, obviously, and that has some limitations as well. And when it's him and Garland in that context together, that's tricky. I think there's just a lot with him, as good as he is, where like you just want a little bit more to figure some of this out. That That is my opinion. And he, he is the best player on the team as of right now, but I still think there's something limiting with him at times that leaves me wanting a little bit more from him. Few more minutes with Chris Manning. He joins us on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Just a couple of maybe minute details here, just about the rotations. But why ha- why isn't Craig Porter Jr. getting more minutes after he had that solid month in November? Had a nice stretch there, and it seems like now he's just completely out of the rotation for JB. Well, for one, he's on a two way, so there are a limited number of days they could use him. Sure. That I think has to have some kind of impact. Secondly, I would say you're in a situation with him where the scouting report, I think for him got read pretty quickly. I do think that's, that's absolutely true. That teams realize that they, he, they could dare him to shoot and that clogs some things up for them. But I think particularly with Garland out and Ricky Rubio's not around, they don't have another like point guard on this team. Wouldn't shock me Spencer. If in the coming days, he is perhaps turned into a regular contract put on the team full-time and, and is getting real minutes, if if not starting. It would, that that wouldn't shock me. I don't really know what other options you totally have um, unless you go that route. I also want to ask about Dean Wade. Um, I, I don't know. It just feels like the Dean Wade experience has kind of run its course. I think they were hoping almost for like a Kevin Love 2.0 type thing, which is part of the reason why they moved on from Kevin Love last year in favor of Dean Wade and the rotation, just thinking, yeah, he'll be this three-point shooter, can play inside a little bit, do some different things, but I, I just, I'm just not seeing it. Has, has that experience run its course? You think? I, I think it's possible that he, he just is what he is, and I think if that means he's fodder in a trade, then I get that. If he's someone that maybe you'd want to use in a bigger trade and and include salary, and if you're doing something at the deadline, doing something with Mitchell down the line, like I think he's someone that you shouldn't be tied to keeping. I don't know how many guys on the roster totally you are, just like locked in. 100% on like who they'd want to keep and who they wouldn't. But I look at I look at him specifically and think, okay, he's not rebounding well enough. He's really hesitant to shoot at times. You want there's just clear you need and want more from him, and that in itself is I think a big frustration for me. I think you're dead on and wondering that like, okay, is he just is this just what he is? 
Is he just never going to be that kind of Kevin Love what you wanted? It just hasn't worked. Um, and I and I think that's a that's absolutely a red mark. I think that's a good read on him in that like I he's going to start right now and that's fine. He's going to do okay, but I don't know if it's quite good enough. He's Chris Manning. You can follow him on Twitter at CWM, or I guess it's X now, but whatever. At CWM writes again one half of the Locked On Cast podcast. Also, Cleveland Magazine and SB Nation. He does a tremendous job. Always appreciated his time. Chris, I, I hate it. I hate having you on in these circumstances with just the, the unfortunate news of today. But I think you gave some really good insight into just how this organization is going to sort of move forward, given what we learned about the injuries today. Um, even if it's not what people want to hear, I think it was some good stuff. So I appreciate you, my man. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, and I'm going to need you to text me off the air once you've had time to think about it and tell me what Cavs jersey you'd buy if you're buying a Joe Flacco jersey. Now, now, I'm, now I'm a little curious. <laughs> All right, well, we'll, uh, well, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll think about it and figure out which uh, which jersey I'm pairing with my Flacco jersey. I got you. appreciate you, my man. Um, appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> See you, Chris. Great stuff. Chris Manning. Uh, yeah, listen, that was one of the more somber interviews I've done with Chris Manning, but... Oh, he gave some real, real deep stuff in terms of just the 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 way this this fran the, the way this the, the direction this franchise goes from here and pivots from here, given all the the injury news that got dumped on him today. We'll reflect on it here coming up. We got Hot Take Friday at nine forty. We obviously will get to more Cavs later and more Browns later, but we reflect on the interview. We got Hot Take Friday after that. Get your hot takes ready. It's Spencer German in for JP on the fan.